You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 everybody. I am Johnny Christ, and you are listening to Drinks with Johnny. On this very special episode, I am joined by the SoCal punk rock legend, Mr. Joe Escalante of the Vandals. We shared conversation and a few bottles of wine. Before we knew it, over three hours had passed. We had covered everything from Joe's childhood, the conception of the Vandals, his time as a TV producer and now writer of Ancient Aliens, Chuck Norris, Fat Mike, and much, much more. So much that I decided to chop our hang into three different parts. Today we'll cover how we met on the Warp Tour, share a good story about good Charlotte out there, majoring in fucking Norse, how Joe came to be in the Vandals as a drummer, and oh yeah, we drink some wine. So enjoy your commute, your workout, whatever it is you do while you listen to podcasts, I won't tell anyone, and enjoy part one of the Joe Escalante Trilogy. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Drinks with Johnny. I'm super excited. I have a very special guest here with me today, my good friend, Mr. Joe Escalante. How you doing today, buddy? Hi, Johnny. Thanks Hi. for having me. It's great to have you, man. So uh, let me start off by just uh, letting the kids know that uh, the last time you and I hung out was with Brooks Wackerman for his uh, his birthday. Yeah, right? his birthday at that sushi place in yeah. Huntington. Yeah, and I and you know I mentioned that I was starting the show. That was right around the same time, and I asked you if you'd come on later on, and you said, "Of course." And thank you for doing that, obviously. And uh, yeah, it, when we were sitting there at dinner, I realized that I didn't know that much about you, but I've known you for a really long time at this point. You know, we we met on Warp Tour. Was that mm-hmm. back in two thousand four? Yeah, it might have even have been earlier. It might have been. When's the first time you guys played the Warp Tour? Do you know? Um, Do you the remember? first time the other guys did was. I want to say 2001, 2002. When uh-huh. I joined the band, the first one I was on was in 2003. Now, uh, that's, yeah, we were on 2003. Okay, or, probably. Or was it 2000? There was one year where I um, I shot you guys for the Warp Tour DVD, and then, then the next year I um, got to meet you guys. So mm-hmm. there was like, uh, or the next time you were on, I don't know. But anyways, it was about like that, that time. Yeah, it was about, about that time. That time. Yeah, and I just remember it was super cool. You know, for me, I'm, I'm out here. I think I was 19 years old. We're all hanging out, and I'm yeah. and I'm getting to meet you know some of my heroes like you and the rest of the the punk rock legends and on the Warp Tour. And um, you know, it it it, it also <laughs> it was a really funny story that happened. We just go right into it. Um, we were actually 
good friends with these guys, uh, the dudes in Good Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And there was an incident that happened. You want to tell? You want to tell me uh, your side of that story? My side of the story with Good Charlotte was, um, it was the uh, the violin player for Yellow Card, and I had a few drinks. And at the Warp Tour, you know, the barbecue every night, drinking every night. So we had a few drinks, and then we, I think we put on some Good Charlotte style eye makeup, <laughs> and then our plan was to put on to to kind of dress like them and then go ask them to come and party with us and it was kind of a drunken yeah it was it, it was it was started out harmless yeah it was a, it was a it was a friendly gesture it was but the kind of friendly gesture that drunks do that is <laughs> unwelcome you know <laughs> so uh i've uh you know this happened to me i go i i go you're a drunk get away from me so we we in our rule on the on the warp tour is you don't knock on anybody's bus. Yeah. If they don't want you on their bus, they will lock it. You know, there's usually a curtain yeah, where the yeah. driver is. You open the bus, you walk in, and then you pull the curtain and you go, "Hey, what's up?" And then they're like, "Hey, uh, get off my bus." Or yeah. but usually it's like, it's pretty what, campy. It's pretty campy out there. On, hey, what do you want? Tour. You want you want a drink? You want a drink? Hey, we don't have anything. Whatever. Anyways, but no one wants to get up and walk down the steps of a bus to let someone in every time. No. So anyway, we open the bus and we march up and we start saying, hey, man, why don't you guys party with us? We're two drunken idiots. And their tour manager uh, pushed us down the stairs. <laughs> A literal push down the stairs. Yeah. And it was that way. And to us, that was great. That was like <laughs> That was awesome. the reaction you were you Yeah. Were I go, that's awesome. We didn't know what was going to happen. That was pretty good. Yeah. And the worst would have been like, hey, God, hey, that's great. Um, you know, I mean, that could have been awkward. Uh, okay. And then we go, okay, and then we're like, I don't know them. Maybe I don't want to hang out with them all night long. Yeah. Um, so uh, it was really no, uh, it was a friendly thing to be, to be kind of bring them into our fold of uh, drinking uh, and barbecuing. Our, you know, there's a lot of clicks at the Warp Tour. Mm-hmm. It's like we had velvet rope barbecues that were only certain people invited to. So we're inviting them to this world of ours, we thought, but we were just yeah. too drunks. <laughs> so then, um, yeah, they, and I don't know what happened after that. I think I, I know. I know that we yelled something back. If you don't want to party, if you, you know, bad word, bad word, uh, don't want to party with us, then the hell with you. Something like yeah. that. It was. It was. It was no worse than that. <laughs> and then the next day, uh, Kevin Lyman made us apologize to them. Yeah. And then. What, was, the, that, what, what I remember I, part of it was, at one point I believe they it was back right before I think. We were about to go on stage. We were hanging out with you guys, and they rolled up to confront you a couple days later. Do you remember that at all? Yeah, I think I remember something like that, but yeah. it was probably cartoonish. And, <laughs> and uh, I mean, because these were these were cartoon punks, you know. <laughs> they were there. I mean, we yeah. felt. I mean, God bless them for mm-hmm. uh, having success. But to us, we'd seen it happen over and over. Bands come in and they rent the Warp Tour audience. They rent the punk audience on their way to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can't take a little bit of punk rock while you're there, then pfft, yeah. you know it's just sad. Yeah. But um, uh, no hard feelings. Yeah, uh, on my end. Still good. Yeah, still good and, dudes and, on and, end. Yeah. yeah, and there's you know I, I, it's just if you're famous and you're having you know mainstream commercial success dressed like punk rockers and you're at the warp tour what do you expect's going to happen yeah you know we we could have been like screw those guys 
uh, you know, let's you're just let's trying punch to have him. Fun. You're just trying to have fun. Yeah. We're doing the what's what the vandals do. Yeah, and anybody that knows that knows you or knows the vandals or anything like that would know that you know it's all it's all in good fun and there's no there's no. no. Yeah, our singer intent. our singer was a bit merciless to them uh-huh. on stage, uh, making good Charlotte jokes. <laughs> um, do you remember any of them? Uh, they were all stupid. Like, uh, uh, if this doesn't work out, I'm gonna quit music altogether and join Good Charlotte, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think it was the right demographic. <laughs> or, uh, or it was like, uh, uh, I think there was a Geico commercial one, like, that, you know, so, where they were the butt of the joke. And I don't even remember it. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, they were just, you know, we're just, we're uh, insecure uh, punk rock um People a little past our prime, you know, on that stage. Anyway, we're just trying to uh, uh, get through the the set, and yeah. there's a lot of nervous, yeah, have fun, and a lot of nervous jokes happening. I think yeah. during that, there's a year. There were years when I did not speak at all. I was like Penn and Teller, yeah, uh, in the Vandals. And I think it, it, I'd like to say those are the years. I mean, anything you say in the Vandals, um, the, the our singer doesn't know anything about like just the first rules of entertainment, like improv on stage. Where if what, you're both on stage, you're there to entertain people. One guy says uh, something, the other guy says yes and, and then says something else, and that's the rule of improv, and that's com- that's like a comedy 101 okay. uh, 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 maxim. Yes and, not no but. Like I say something, if I'm if I'm having improv with you, and I say, hey, I heard uh, that cheese there was prepared by your kid, and you say yes and. The kid has diarrhea fingers, you know, something like that. You you don't say like <laughs> diarrhea, fingers. you know. And then the see, you laughed. But yeah, what, yeah, in, totally. in our band, what Dave? Yeah, keep going. You keep it. Yeah, you keep going. going. Dave, I go. Hey, Dave, I heard this uh, cheese plate was uh, made by Johnny's kids, and he'd say, "No, it wasn't." I watched him buy that some stupid store down the street. And that's the end of the story, right? Yeah. Now the story's done. <laughs> that's what it's like to be in the Vandals on stage. <laughs> So you, if you have a zinger, you better zing it out, yeah. and it can't involve any cooperation with anyone else in the band. Josh Freeze, on the other hand, is in the back just blurting out things to me to try to get me to say them in the microphone to antagonize <laughs> Cause he, Quackenbush. Cause he, he doesn't have his own microphone. So he does, but he won't. He'll, he, you know, when it, if a drummer starts telling jokes, it's, there's, that's a bad, it's a bad <laughs> form. It starts confusing people like, where's that coming from? Yeah, I could I could understand that they don't they don't see where it's coming from. It, people that do that, the but the, that do the that? drummers also sometimes most of the time, from my experience, have like the wittiest humor. They might, well, they they're very good at, you know, just this one. Although, although just good at he's he's very funny, but he'll just you know pull me over and say say this say that. Yeah, you know. So for years, I wouldn't say anything. I would only say stuff off the mic. Yeah, and I would say I would tell hilarious jokes off the mic, in the back. I'm yelling stuff. It's this is dynamite material <laughs> but it's not going over the mic i'm just doing yeah. it for warren and josh and dave so during those times i would like to think i um i didn't say too many uh good charlotte jokes <laughs> i you know i feel bad because i you know i used to see them around hollywood when they were hanging out in hollywood but um yeah they're good kids yeah I just you know we're just we're just searching for material and having a few drinks and they were the butt of a couple jokes Speaking of a couple of drinks, let's get mm-hmm. some uh, let's get some wine out here and yeah. start start doing this whole thing. Drink that wine, and since you're editing this, I don't have to go. He's now walking to the <laughs> counter, the workstation, let's call it. Yeah, and he's pouring the glass in his very elegant, customized 
Drinks with Johnny. Wine glasses. Cheers. Cheers, man. Thanks for being here. This is awesome. Ah, mm -hmm. yeah, this is good. This tastes like it costs money. Yeah, it costs a couple shillings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you were born in Long Beach, yes? Born in Long Beach uh, as a resident of Los Alamitos. Okay. In a place called Rossmore, which is where'd you grow up? I grew up right here in Huntington, actually. Okay, so you, you had, did you ever hear of Rossmore when you grew up? Like, but to be honest, I hadn't. And I and I only live what twenty minutes south of yeah. it. That's that's uh, it's a little uh, weird, giant um, suburban uh, suburb. Uh, what do you call it? Like a little little bedroom community. Um, okay. The first development to have wall around it. Like they started building, you know, first we, first in this country, we, we had our, you know, people living in the mountains mm -hmm. and then people are living in the cities and then they start moving out of the cities and they start making these, these suburbs and they build these little houses in the suburbs. And Rossmore is known as the first suburb, suburban community with a wall around it. Okay. And it's not a gated community. It's just a wall just around this it. brick wall all the way around it and then oh is it something kind of like what you'd see in uh, the back to the future movie where he lives in that neighborhood and there's just like has the sign for the neighborhood yeah, outside of it yeah it has the a sign yeah it has the sign for the neighborhood there's not a gate or a guard or anything but it's just like yeah. you are now entering Rossmore and then the, <laughs> and all the you know the houses are um, uh, you know there's the model homes and all these different homes anyway not that exciting but um, it's uh, now I, when I lived there it was a great place for like a Guy that fought in World War II to uh, buy a home for uh, his his uh, new family in the fifties. Now it's like for uh, you know hyper privileged brats. Okay. Which have a right to grow up too. <laughs> Do they, they? Yeah. Do they? <laughs> <laughs> and they go to Los Alamitos High School. Uh, okay. Where they um, you know uh, become you know bros and uh, the, the girls have a, a like a skank dressing competition every day who who that's fantastic yeah I, that's what's going on yeah in, in where i come from but if i was younger if i was younger i'd be into that you know but right i mean who wouldn't I'm getting be? old now who know? wouldn't be but yeah when i'm so old that i would drive by i go how dare these girls know their taylor swift outfits I, this is disgusting terrible yeah it's awful uh, but i am really at the age where i go you're an idiot you know i'm just like you know dress modestly and i go oh well, i'm 56 that's how i think but um yeah, so I grew up in Rossmore, and uh, but the only hospital was in Long Beach around here. So okay, you you had to go over there, and then lived there in Rossmore for uh, until I was eighteen and went to college. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple Mel and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. Okay. And where did you go? To, where was, where did you first go to college? I went to UCLA. Okay. So that's where you, that and that's where you graduated, right? With yeah, uh, I had an old Norse your, degree. An old Norse. That's Viking civilization. Wait, wait, wait. Literature. You got Okay. That's an interesting major, you know? I, I can't, I don't think I've, I, you're the first person no, I think I've ever. I'm meeting one. In fact, <laughs> in fact, while I was there, they, they like de dismantled the department and said like, you can't really, after I took all the classes mm -hmm. and um, they, uh, 
they just like this is kind of a joke. What do we we're 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 graduating old Norse graduates here? Like what are we doing? Um, so they just they just said uh, they started cutting back on it and saying like well, you can you, well, like, you I, took I, all I, the classes and but uh, at the I'm, I'm I'm not even joking. In my senior year, they go this is not a major anymore. Um, you can, uh, can you can have individual major or you can have history major. So, just pick one. Yeah, and I so just picked history. Obviously, you, this is something that you use uh, in your career daily, um, having the Norse education. No, but you know, in those days, you I was as a Mexican. It gets worse majoring in old Norse. It really angered my dad because my okay. dad's like you know he saw my Spanish was slipping away, and I'm taking. But your sp- Norse is getting really good. Well, I had to t- I had to take Swedish. I had to take. Oh, uh, wow. Old Old Norse, which is the the language where all the sagas are written in. Okay. The sagas is, is this rich medieval uh, literature body of literature that is um, it, during the Dark Ages of Europe. Iceland is flourishing; they're having their golden age of literature. So, wow. you, as a I never old, that. as an Old Norse major, it's like about year one thousand. You're studying all these great sagas; these amazing stories. Um, I mean, I, I don't even think you could have uh, the whole black metal scene. Which I'm sure you're into with your uh, with your devil rock here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> um, you wouldn't have that without the, uh, the the tales of the sagas. I mean, this yeah. is the swords and the dragons. Yeah, and uh, a lot of land battles, and but a lot of um, uh, when they when they land in Iceland, they they find peace and they try to broker peace between these violent Vikings that are now settling down and starting farms. And there's a lot of murders and revenge, and and peace All bro- the cool shit. peace brokering. Yeah, it's really good. It's funny stuff too. And so you get you get really caught up in it and go, wow, I'm gonna ma- I'm gonna major in this. This is great. You learn how to read them in the original uh, Old Norse. You learn modern Icelandic, and then you go to Iceland for graduate work. I went there to the University of uh, Reykjavik and did some uh, like um, total immersion in Icelandic. Wow. Uh, 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 graduate work. Uh, no classes taught in English. And um, right now I can't speak any of it. But, wow, at, the, really? but at the time, my Spanish was, was like, you know, falling away. And that's when my dad was pretty pissed. But, he, you know, he just go, yeah, you'll pay for it later, guy. And I yeah. did. And then mm-hmm. I had to build my Spanish back up. And my Spanish will always be gringo Spanish now because I, I, lost, yeah. I lost what I used to be able to I had, So I had no idea about all that Norse shit. That's pretty, yeah. that's pretty incredible. And then, but after you did all this stuff, you learned all the Norse uh, sagas, everything like that. Traveled to, you know, Iceland. Iceland. Mm-hmm. Then you went and decided to get your law degree. Well, the whole time I was doing that, I thought I would go to law school, and so I wanted to pick a major that would help me go to law school. And that, and everybody in law school has a business degree or a political science degree, like ninety-five percent of them. Okay. So I showed up with the Gold Norse degree, which is easier to get in because they they need more uh, diversity. And um, so you got a Mexican showing up with an old Norse degree, you're in. Uh, I, that's what I thought. Uh, and, yeah. And it turned out kind of to be that way. But in awesome. the middle of that, I thought, you know, let's screw around and, um, and tour around with the Vandals. Yeah. So that was the 1985 to I enter law school in 89. So, so you were already in the Vandals when you when you go yeah. to school. I'm in the Vandals and, right, right when I graduate from high school. I, in that summer, I joined the Vandals. And uh, so the whole time I'm at UCLA, I'm in the Vandals. Nobody, Very few people were going to college. Yeah. I would go to at UCLA. We had Greg Graffin. And we had uh, – the person I would see every day would be uh, Sean Stearns from Youth Brigade. 
Oh wow! So I'd see him at school, and he was kind of. You guys like, were going to school at the same yeah, time. He was like a. He was like kind of a, uh, kind of not really a bully, like a physical bully, but like just a tormentor. Oh. It's like, hey, heard your stupid song on K Rock again. That song sucks. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Okay. Oh, you're like, oh, I'm real bummed about that. Yeah, and he, yeah, seriously. <laughs> and Glenn Friedman, we had. He was like a famous uh, punk rock photographer. Yeah. Also, kind of a an a hole to me, anyway, at school. <laughs> You just got you just got shit on at school, huh? Yeah, it, it, it sucked um, in a way. And then uh, Graffin was cool, um, but our guitar player, who's from Fountain Valley around here, um, he went with me, and we kind of drove up together a lot. Uh, Jan, he likes to be called Nils, so we'll Nils. call him Nils. Okay, Nils. So Nils, um, he went he went to UCLA. My se- my second year, he started over there. So we had some someone to talk to and hang out. That's cool. But you're basically parking your first year. You're parking. Uh, like over by Veteran Avenue, and you're you're walking forever to get to the campus, and you have to walk through the frat uh, houses. Okay. And then if you have, and you were not part of one of these frat houses. No, I wasn't. You know, and yeah. it was like the, what they had a lot of fun. You know, whatever I had, whatever weird hair, whatever everything I had to go through their gauntlet of. Yeah, you they know, had like, to. Hey, you, uh, Devo. What they would say in high school. That's what they would call you. Okay. You would drive. You would walk down the street. Uh, you walk down Los Alamitos Boulevard, and people are yelling, like the the hippies. Yeah. The jocks left us alone. They were the kind of the allies of the punks in those days, at Los Al. Anyway, the 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 hippies would yell "Devo," uh, uh, the ultimate insult they thought they could come up with. Devo or Devo <laughs> sucks. Devo's. Someone could yell "Devo sucks" at you if you're walking down the street. Okay. Uh, that, that's what it was like. That's like oh, what a burn. <laughs> Sick burn. <laughs> totally called you Devo. <laughs> So that's, uh, that's, that's Punk Rock Joe in, in high school. Then how did you come to be in the Vandals? Um, what well, Johnny, like? quite an interesting story there. <laughs> lay, 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 lay it on me, man. Okay. This so is I, know, of... I know that the parts that I know is that you were actually a drummer. Yeah. And you were coming in and you were going to drum for the Vandals. Yeah. I, was, I, I learned to play the drums by just playing um, like, a, you know, the Ramones on vinyl, headphone, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, playing along to it. And then you're starting it over again, and then I go, wow, I can, I can really do this, you know, but the Ramones are so forgiving. Like, it's like, <laughs> it was, uh, it, What was know. your favorite one to play? Uh, Commando. Nice. We actually did sure. Commando on, uh, stage the first time we played with Metallica. They did, they did a cover. Oh, they did We that? were opening up for them in Germany, and they said, oh, do you guys know the song oh, Commando? Yeah. We're they like, yeah. Out. So they oh. came out and said, you guys got to do the backing gang vocals with us oh, on nice. stage, and we were like... It's yeah. like the first time Hello. we met the guys. Obviously, <laughs> huge, also, huge fans. 2006, awesome. we get that's out there fun. and do that. Yeah. It, was, it was incredible. Good. Bless them for uh, picking that song. That's, a, that's one of the best songs. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I learned to play the drums, and then um, but I started a little band with some friends in high school playing covers, and then joined a band called the Naughty Sweeties, and this was a drag queen band, but I didn't even mm-hmm. know what a drag queen was. I just met these guys, and I go... Um, in an alley. Uh, I, I, they were like glitter glam rock, but punk. I mean, they were like cutting themselves on stage yeah, and, and, okay, and that kind of stuff. In. So I go, all right, this is a punk band. I'm just like, I can't believe that I'm, you know, it was just a couple months practicing. I, I'm good enough to be in a punk band. Yeah. And so I'm in high school. I live by myself. That's a weird, weird, weird thing that. Um, You're in high school and you live by yourself. You're not, yeah. not with your parents anymore? No, they um, they moved out. Oh, okay. So one moved out. Um, uh, you know, uh, and then my my, dad, my mom got remarried. And then after a while, she uh, divorced uh, my stepdad, and then just moved out. And everybody moved out. 
Wow. And then, uh, but so I'm there by myself from 16 to 18. Um, so I got these like uh, transvestites coming over and practicing because <laughs> I got a five bedroom house. Yeah, so it's practice like, at little yeah. Joey's house. Yeah. Um, so uh, I never played on stage with them. I just they just came over and rehearsed, and then I I got kind of freaked out because I I knew it was coming. I got to wear a dress. Yeah. On stage, and I didn't know what I didn't know if that I just thought this is. You know, is this what happens when your parents move out? You know, <laughs> I don't think that's <laughs> you, I don't think that's everybody's you uh, end, you end experience. In, you end up in a transvestite band. Yeah, so I, I just couldn't. Uh, somehow, I I, I weaseled I think out. That of it. works out for everybody. Very easy to weasel out of things in those days because there's no cell phones. So uh, if you want to turn something off and turn a corner and reinvent yourself, you can you could go you know hide oh, and the come good out. Old days, the good old days. Yeah. Before so, people ask you over to do a podcast and tell your whole get, fucking you, life story, can't get rid of the guy. <laughs> so. So I was still trying to get into a band, and then I uh, the guy from uh, there's a pro skater named Steve Olson. Okay, he's I, I give him the main credit with starting the whole uh, uh, punk rock scene in Orange County. Why did it get big in Orange County? Mm-hmm. Uh, because of Steve Olson. He peaked in his skateboard career at the time when Tony Alva was peaking, but Steve Olson became the punk rock upstart and then beat him one year for Skater of the Year. And so now you got the the long-haired Tony Alva, who was beat by the short-haired punk rock Devo, Steve Olsen. Okay. And then punk rock just starts spreading right after mm-hmm. that. That's my theory of of uh, of how this all happened. No, I mean you you, you got a good handle on things. I, I'll follow your theory. Okay. So At that, least for tonight. So when that happened, um, Steve Olsen calls my sister one day and goes, "Hey, tell your little brother Joey to come over, and he can play band. He can play drums in my band. We need a drummer." I go, okay, this is it. This is the big break I've been looking for. I'm going to be in the famous skateboarders band. And he has a band called Butchie and the Hoods. Okay. And he also sang for TSOL for the couple, first couple practices when they're trying oh, to find a singer. Right on. When they were not going to use Jack, and then they eventually used Jack. Okay. So this guy was a legend. I'm going to be in Butchie and the Hoods. I go to his house, and he goes, I go, okay, what's going on? Butchie and the Hoods, I'm in. I'm a hood. Yeah. And he goes, no, nah, no, nah, punk rock is over. Rockabilly is king. Okay. All right. What the hell is Rockabilly? Now you had to learn a whole new Yeah, so he plays me all these records. I go, oh, I'm kind of into that. I like that. Elvis Presley. All you had to do was say Elvis. Yeah. And then, so I joined this uh, Rockabilly band called the Aristocats. Oh, okay. And we are playing, this is before the the Stray Cats. This is before the Stray Cats had arrived back in the United States from they went over to England. And so, hey, we were playing, okay, all of a sudden I'm playing in clubs. I'm playing in clubs with old Rockabilly Cats. From the old days that are just like hadn't died yet. Yeah. Still and then, then the club owners would go, hey, there's a bunch of kids playing this uh, old man music. <laughs> and then we would, we would get to play uh, with all these legends. And then the Blasters. I uh, played a lot of shows with the Blasters. Wow. And then, um, then at some point they uh, decided Rockabilly's dead. We need to be in a, uh, what's that band? The New York Dolls. Is okay. The, is the new thing, Joe. Okay. So, gla- so. Glam rock. Glam rock. And so I'm like, at this, and then they, I wasn't, I, I barely faked my way through the rockabilly thing. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't glam rock uh, or New York Dolls material. So yeah. I get booted out of that. And then I'm just hanging around with uh, TSOL in those days uh, from the very beginnings when they're called the Vicious Circle. And then they broke up and then they reformed. Yeah. So, um, just hanging out really at Todd Barnes's house a lot, and these are degenerates, you know. So I'm like, 
my parents aren't around yeah. hanging out with degenerates. Um, That's kind of how, how all of us got into punk, I, yeah. I, th- I feel like. I mean, degenerates are, can be good friends. Absolutely. Take care of you. It's a family, that kind of thing. Um, so they were, Todd was saying, you got to get in a band. You're getting pretty good, you know. You gotta, we got to get you in the Vandals. The Vandals are existing at this time. And he kept telling me that this guy, Steve-O, hates the drummer. Wants to get rid of him. Okay. And so he's saying, I'm Open telling him he should get you. Then at the same time, Steve-O is calling my sister, who he used to date. Okay. Saying, why don't you um, tell Joey to come and play in my punk band? And then she tells me that, and I say, I don't know it's the same thing. I don't, she doesn't say Vandals. Yeah. She just says Steve-O. So I'm trying to get in the Vandals. My sister's telling me that the Steve-O guy's trying to get me in his band. <laughs> and I know this guy. Yeah. And I don't like him. He used to come over <laughs> to go, day your, day your date sister. my sister and come over with like a joy buzzer on and say, is your sister home? And you know, uh, I'm Steve. Oh, wow. And I'm like, really? <laughs> oh my God. This is the guy that my, yeah. that my, that my, guy, that my sister's dating. <laughs> everything. So this guy I, sounds I, awesome. I, yes, I told, I, told, I told my sister, I go, I don't want to, first of all, you can tell your friend Steve that he doesn't have a punk band. He has a new wave band because yeah. he had like Sammy Hagar hair or whatever. And I'm just like so bitter. I'm, I'm so just like everybody's fake punk rock everywhere I look. They're calling themselves punk rock. They're not. That guy, forget it. Mm-hmm. Tell him, forget it. And at the same time, I'm trying to get in his band. I did not know he was Steve-O from the Vandals. That's so, incredible. So, so eventually, it, eventually it, worked it, it worked out, out and you got, yeah, the, yeah. you got the gig um, as the drummer. As the drummer, yeah. So before we get get on, let's let's check the next wine. Okay. You're looking low. And on that note, I want to mention something else. It's October. Fall is here. Halloween is around the corner. It's my favorite time of year. And I'm in a good mood. So from now till November 1st, I'm giving you free shipping on all your Drinks With Johnny merch purchases. That's right. Head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and use promo code CHEERS to receive free shipping on all orders placed through Halloween. That's drinkswithjohnny at D-R-I-N-K-S-W-I-T-H-J-O-H-N-N-Y.com. Promo code C-H-E-E-R-S to receive free shipping on all your orders. The holidays are just around the corner and they always seem to come up faster than you realize it. So get ahead of them and head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and get your orders in now. Cheers. I see you looking around at the bases in my room. Mm-hmm. At, at some point, you're with the Vandals, and you make the transition over to bass. Yeah, the bass. And then, and had you played bass before at this point? You no. had only played drums, and you just looked at those four strings and said, I can handle that. Basically, the same reason I picked the trumpet in elementary school, because it had three vowels. Three vowels. That's it. You see, yeah, I you saw, at people, you saw the go, simplicity, and you're like, I can handle that. Saxophone? That looks impossible. Yeah. Violin? Where are the dots, you know? So were you, were you pretty good at the trumpet then, too? Actually, much better at the trumpet than I am at the bass. Okay. I was. Um, well, that's saying something. You're pretty, you're pretty no, proficient I, I, bass player. I, 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 no, I, I haven't, like, like in the... In the, in the I can play the bass, I can play our songs, I can play some other stuff, but at the trumpet, for some reason, I thought, you know, I'm just, I must be uh, some kind of golden child because I pick it up and I'm first chair immediately, and then I'm in, in the junior high here, which is a really competitive uh, marching band program in the junior high, and I'm first chair in eighth grade, ahead of all the ninth graders, and the, wow. the guy, I'm, I'm playing in... Trumpet virtuoso. Yeah, here. I'm playing in state orchestras playing in you know county symphonies 
uh, orchestras. Um, I'm getting, you know, recruited for things. And then punk rock came and my parents moved out and I ended up just straight, just, you know, I didn't take drugs. I think we can all be uh, grateful that I didn't become a drug addict, but I, I, you know, I just didn't go down the normal paths you would go down when you're yeah. around. I mean, it's good that you had music then. Yeah, I had a music background yeah. and I thought I could do anything in music. That's and it turned out awesome. I, could, I could never get to the levels uh, in, on the bass that I did on the, on the trumpet to where mm. you're like, I'm better than anyone around me. Now, in the bass, I'm just like, you know, barely hanging on. And um, I don't sell yourself short. But eh. I, 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 eh. I grew up transcribing quite a few Vandals bassline stuff when I was a kid. And there's some, there's some really good stuff in there. Oh, I appreciate that. And um, that's, some of those are probably ones that Warren re-recorded after I left the studio. <laughs> but, you know, that's how I learned. <laughs> that's um, fantastic. So it's uh, a little-known secret that uh, guitar players will often come in and fix the yeah. bass player stuff. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, they come in and they just go like... Um, uh, and, and you know what? They're guitar players. So yeah. they're just, you know, they're all over the neck. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, have done, done that, that, but when I tell you what, I'm going to learn that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah uh, who's I, who's they, in the lineup at this point in, in, the, um, in the Vandals? When I got in the Vandals, you know, um, they hadn't recorded anything. You know, they played at a couple parties. I had actually seen them at one party in Rossmore. Okay. At a skate, um, there's, a, there's a famous uh, skate pool in Rossmore called Cool Mamas on Martha Ann and they played a party there and um, first of all here's the best thing you're going to find out about the Vandals today this is a little known secret okay I'm, 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 I'm very okay. intrigued Steve, here. Go- Steve Gonzalez is the one that reminded me of this uh, when I got together with him recently he's like the Vandals is not the band's original name okay before I got in the band they'd only been around for like a few months but you know they, they, had, a, they had a very uh, um, colorful career yeah. They start as a band called, um, the, the, the name is Gestapo. Gestapo. <laughs> from Huntington Beach. So they're part of this dangerous Huntington Beach punk scene yeah. in 1981, and they're called Gestapo. Okay? That's incredible. And then, they, so the first thing they do when you have a band is you start spray painting the name of your band around town. Yeah. That's what you do. You tag, you tag everything. Yeah, you tag everything. Yeah. So they're tagging everything. Gestapo. Gestapo. <laughs> Gestapo. Gestapo. I think the police at this point are going, what the fuck yeah. is happening around the here? Police, the police, the neighborhood went up in arms and it was on the news. No way. Yeah. I was making a joke. This is, no, this is what actually happened. Okay. It was like, there was uh, some kind of a World War II uh, resurrection <laughs> invasion <laughs> coming uh, to uh, Huntington Beach in Fountain Valley. Um, and they figured out who it was. And then the news even interviewed, I'm not going to say which person's mom, because I don't want to incriminate anyone. Yeah. They interviewed the, one of the band members' mothers on TV, and she just and she was like, big deal, whatever, the kids spray paint stuff, that's what they really don't see what's the problem with it. That was the essence of her response. Yeah. Then it got even worse. <laughs> um, it got worse. And so they, the, the punishment for the kids were you have to change the name of your band. You can't call it Gestapo. Yeah. So they called it. The Vandals. The Vandals, because you were vandalizing everywhere, mm-hmm. calling it Gustapo. Natural. That was natural perfect. Thing. Yeah, it was perfect. Because yeah. the, 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 um, the guitar player, who's the Nils, who's the you know the found, founding member of the band and designed the logo, um, he, um, smart guy. He's like, all right, 
you know, when it's called, we can't be called the Gestapo because we're vandalizing things. Now we're the Vandals. Are you happy? Yeah. So the Vandals, it and is. And you already got free publicity. It's, it's an easy transition right yeah. there. Everyone's like, oh, those, those vandalizing kids. Yes, you know? there, oh, there you go. The That's the smart, smart marketing right there. Uh, people can uh, learn something from that. Right. Now, <laughs> and now um, change the name of the Vandals. And now we can have a Mexican in the band, and it won't seem so weird. <laughs> um, and in comes yeah. Joe Escalante. Yeah, so I, I join, and then... Um, after uh, Steve Gonzalez quits, soon after I joined, um, bec- f- with over disputes with the singer Steve O, who's very colorful, and I can you know, like I told you I didn't like him before I got in the band. Yeah, and then I you know just learned to deal with him, and then you just uh, learned to deal with him. You never actually grew to like him. Well, I was I was proud of him because he 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 to be a front man in a, in a punk band and take it to where he took it. Yeah, he gave it everything and. Uh, so he was some, something to be proud of. But when you're in the band with that guy, you know, it was it, like, like when you're on the road, it's like if anybody, I would punch anyone in the face and knock him out if they woke him up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyone wakes that guy up, I will knock you out. Yeah, absolutely. Because if, when he wakes up, the terror begins. <laughs> so he, um, so Steve Gonzalez quits. The, bass, the drummer had already quit or got fired from a fight with him. And so um, I, we start auditioning bass players. We go okay. with... Uh, Steve Olson comes on board for okay. a little bit. Um, Steve Al- uh, Tony Alva, Tony Alva comes on board, and think for various reasons things don't work out. He lived in in, uh, in like Santa Monica or Venice, and then um, Steve Soto. Okay. Uh, and fi- after a while, I go, hey, this kid that I I, I went to high school with, dude, dude, can't play the bass yet. Really, he's been playing for a couple months, but he is Sid Vicious. And they're like, oh, well, Sid Vicious is very popular, yeah, yeah, very popular uh, character in the punk rock uh, pantheon. So yeah. let's see this guy. So that was this guy named uh, Human. Human? Yeah, Steve. Another Steve. Another Steve, but you called him Human. Human. Too many Steves, so you got to yeah, come up with something. Human. Human He's, for short for the Human T-shirt because he, okay. he made a lot of T-shirts. Uh, so he, he, they go for that, and, they, and he's you know, not short on experience but very punk rock looking. And he did a good job for a while. But eventually he quit. Because he hated Steve O. <laughs> Sounds Steve-O. like there's a common denominator. Steve O was in stuff. San Francisco. Okay. At a party, and we, we had a pretty good following in San Francisco. We were out there, and we were in the cool club in San Francisco because in San Francisco, people didn't know we were suburban a holes. We went to Hollywood, people go, oh, here comes the suburban a holes. They're going to wreck everything, which we did. Yeah. And then, but in San Francisco, we were just a punk band from Los Angeles. And so we had a lot cooler friends up there. And he wanted to keep that going. Steve did, the bass player, but Steve O was bringing his birthday clown mm. uh, act to the to the <laughs> to the parties, clown. to the after parties and stuff. L- literally, this is what's happening. That's what he's doing. He's dressing so, up as a clown. At so the after we party. got Sid Vicious going. Look, I'm trying to be Sid Vicious. Yeah. And I've got birthday clown, that's that's the singer of my band. And we're going. Oh, your singer's coming. Yeah, bring your singer to the big cool after party. Yeah. And he's literally doing magic tricks and you know the joy buzzers and. Uh, you know, cans with snakes coming out of them and stuff it's like definitely that. Not, it's definitely not filling in the, the motif. No, no. <laughs> motif the, the mystique, the mystique of the, of the vandals. Yeah. So um, that, <laughs> that was, was it. That was it. And so uh, Steve Fowder says, it was the, the, the human guy, I got it. I'm quitting. I can't be in this band with that guy. Then he um, joins a band called Detox, which is 100% punk. But all the people yeah. are like him. So he's gone. So then I figure out what we're going to do. Oh, uh, what about Chalmer Lummery? He was in a band called The Hated in Huntington Beach. And so we got him. Okay. And then he was in for a while. 
and then he um, couldn't take it any longer. He didn't specifically blame Steve-O, but he just like, that's where the tension was. He was one of the people, you know, we were trying to not wake the guy up. Um, And you know what? You couldn't have asked for a better front man than a guy who's that explosive and volatile. Yeah, on stage they they deliver the goods. Yeah, absolutely. You need the extrovert. You need Mm -hmm. the, the entertainer. What do you think about that tequila aged wine, by the way? Very unique. Very, Very unique. unique yeah. the, the the look on your face is 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 not one of, of pleasure. Just no. Well, it's like I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't you know I wouldn't crave it or anything. But no. but I'm glad I'm tasting it. Yeah. So uh, Chalmer quits. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five star review. If you want to listen to this show ad free, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests discounts on merchandise in our shop and access to our private discord server where you can chat one-on-one with johnny christ himself awesome! so stay tuned stay thirsty and stay filthy as fuck his last show was at a frat party in ucla at ucla okay and uh, vandals playing a frat party ucla we played one in ucla we played one at usc and at the end of the set at usc i think at the end we would play urban struggle which was a k-rock hit mm-hmm. so we have a legitimate radio hit so we're playing at a frat party and we have a, like a number one song on on k-rock so they think they are they're getting a commercial um act here at the end of this usc show human takes his bass and throws it through this big giant picture window in the in the uh, you know old frat house in Los Angeles, wow. in, in downtown Los Angeles, shatters it, and I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> well, it is the coolest yeah. thing, but and I'm then, I'm just waiting for what the I frat knew we were boys not going to get paid. Yeah, <laughs> you know everything was bad, but I I just thought I go I can't, you know I probably at that moment said okay great, but I didn't get that mad because it was just awesome. So we need a bass player. We get. I, and I just come up with the idea. I go, hey, what if we, instead of cycling through bass players, why, what if I play bass and we cycle through drummers? And Nil says, oh, you know, you know, if anyone deserves to play, I thought he was going to say, just, yeah. you don't know how to play the bass. Come on. Why would you, why know, would you, why would you go there? Yeah. Why do this to the band? Let's get a good bass player. <laughs> but bless his heart, he said, um, if anyone deserves to play bass in this band, it's you. Yeah. And I go, wow, it wasn't what I was expecting. And so I... Um, what was your first bass? <laughs> well, at this point, we have Dave Quackenbush as the singer. Okay. So I think I borrowed this thing from him, which was like, it looked like one of those, um, I forgot what you're called, the Paul McCartney basses. It was a fake. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fake uh, Paul McCartney bass. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. I always forget the name of those ones, too. So, but, uh, um, so you got one of those. And what, about what year is this that you're making? The... 1985. 1985, okay. Yeah, 1985. Okay. And, um, and about how long are you playing bass before... First Your show. First show. First. Did you did you do a show first? Or did you do an album first? Or no, an EP I played or? a show uh, for about three. Well, I played maybe a couple months. Played a show, and um, then we we're making an album. We got Quackenbush. The reason why we have Quackenbush is because we're in San Francisco again, mm-hmm. and we're now we, and we have another radio hit, Lady Killer. Ah, so fantastic song. So this is our second radio hit, but only in LA and San Francisco and a few places. They didn't have a machine like they have now. Whereas, yeah, if you had a K Rock hit, it's going to be a hit. Yeah, all yeah over, a lot of all places. Yeah, there it was just like, oh, it's a big deal. It's a hit here. There's no radio promo thing. There's no nothing. So you just have these hits wherever they kind of luck, luck into them. So in San Francisco, we're playing a big commercial radio show. It, things got really bad with the singer. He was taking uh, 
uh, a lot of drugs mm. and um, it's unfortunate and a lot of alcohol and then he had to then um, we had to do a, an, an interview on Live 105 with Jed the Fish oh, yeah. so he was up there Jed. at that time and uh, he's got probably a, some good stories about this the singer like I don't want to it's just I don't want to pile on him but I mean he, <laughs> I, I gotta say he did his job as a singer oh, he's yeah. a legend and, and he, in the same way Steve uh, Sid Vicious and Johnny Rotten are legends, but the other guys in the band are saying, well, you know, that's great, but he did this and he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody's different. So he was uh, doing, saying the weirdest stuff to people on the phone when they were calling in. And people are calling in like, oh, my God, Lady Killer's my favorite song you guys are playing tonight. And then he would dive in with stuff. I didn't want to say it. Like, I don't want to repeat it on the uh, air. Is that, yeah, is that bad? Yeah, it was just really bad. And then, then, then I'm starting to, like, yell Super at offensive him. bad? Yes, yeah, offensive. Offensive bad. Yeah, okay. offensive. And I'm like, you can't talk like that to young girls that are going to your show. You know, yeah. and then it got worse, worse. Finally, we just, you know, cut the interview short and we get him in the van and I drive him back to the uh, the Stone we were playing up on Broadway. And that was a place where Jerry Garcia was playing, you know, the week before. It was just one of those yeah. places I, thought, I, never, I, a, I never thought we'd play there. Yeah, reputable club. Because right? we were playing at Mabuhe and the off-Broadway, or the called the on-Broadway and the Mabuhe. Or the punk places that we would play up there, and now we're at the Stone, and we have a radio hit. That's we're making a ton of money, and then um, he says, um, "You know, stuck on the way home." He's like getting in fights with like you know, people out the out the van window, and I thought I'm gonna oh, get my wow. ass kicked. And then we get to the club, and then he he the night before he he had passed out on stage, and at the at the Keystone, in Palo Alto, the promoter said, "You'll never play here again." Because he passed out after like six songs. No, he can't even finish the set. Couldn't finish the set, no. and we have we have we have hits to play. Yeah, and the, the radio audience is there, and then second night, same thing happens. But first, before we goes on stage, he says, "I have to have drugs." Okay. Um, or I will not play. Right. So I had to go. I had to go out in the city and find him drugs, which well, I you, never you bought. had to do. Yeah, I never bought drugs before. I didn't know how you did it. <laughs> and uh, but I knew that I knew that we had a big show, and and if this guy didn't have drugs, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, it wasn't going to happen. He wanted speed, and I'd seen people offer me speed every twenty feet <laughs> out there, so it wasn't really that. You know, I go, I think I know how this works. Yeah. So I went out and I got some. I bring it and and, and I give it to him. He has a fit. I mean, he's like lying prostrate, saying I'm not going on, and then he sniffs it or whatever, and then he says it's fake, and then he's enraged. Because he says it's fake, and he says, Shit, man. find the guy who sold you this because it's fake, and you know bad things are going to happen if you don't bring that guy to me. I wow. go out in the street, and I find the guy. And I convince him. I say, you want to go backstage? Yeah, that's how you're going to get him back there. I don't know how yeah. I got him back, but I, somehow I got him back there. But I'm assuming, you know, I, I must have said something like that. So he went back. He yelled at him, and they you know, had their conversation. But then at this point, he's up enough to, um, he's up. He yeah. can have. He's got. He's energized. He plays the show. Passes out after. So sick. obviously, it wasn't that fake. It was just. I don't know. It, w- it wasn't what he was looking for. I don't know. But <laughs> I, he goes. He gets on stage, plays the show, but only plays a few songs and then passes out. Same thing. Ah, Promoter says brutal. he'll never play here again. Uh, you did it last night. You did it tonight. Here's your money. Uh, yeah. Screw off. Yeah. Yeah. And I go back there, to to. But I got a lot of money, so I'm kind of happy. Yeah, and you're like, hey, I see days, we didn't have an agent. We had no I had to settle the show. You're doing all this yourself, right? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't miss those days. And then we, um, I get back there, and he's um, punching holes in the walls. 
you know, doing that whole kind of thing and destroying everything. And I go, hey, well, that's going to come. That's going to come out of our yeah, money. Yeah, I go, look, we just got this much money. Now you're um, doing this. You know what's going to happen? And ah, he goes, all right. Then I'm going to. Then all of a sudden, he's going to get me. And then he's got his hands around my throat, and I'm on the ground, and I'm getting strangled. And oh so, Jesus! I at that, uh, you know, I, some someone pulls him off me, and then I just say, I quit. And then we left him up there. The he just said he was so such a mess that the local San Francisco people said we'll take him and we'll sober him up or whatever and we'll somehow get him home because mm-hmm. he everyone was so mad at him we we, we could we weren't going to take him with us so you quit but I mean obviously Jan was real quick to be on your side right after that yeah he says I don't I don't um I don't you know blame you whatever so we drive home and then Jan comes up with the idea of getting uh, Dave Quackenbush and he says what if I can get Dave Quackenbush to be in the band uh, will you stay in the band. And mm-hmm. I said, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's awesome. Yeah. He, he, he was in a band called uh, Falling Idols. And uh, he was just, you know, the front man that we always wanted. And we used to, I mean, we actually said to each other, wish we had that guy. Yeah. You know, but grass is always greener or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but Steve O did a lot for us. And so we can't you really complain. Uh, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have been the band that, that, that Quackenbush wanted to be in without Steve O. Yeah. No, and, totally. and so without- I go, let without me, Lady Killer, yeah. It. So, so um, I told Jan, I go, you know what? Let me call Quackmush because I know him pretty well. Mm-hmm. So I go, let me call, him. see if he wants to do it. So he did. He said, yeah. First he said no because you can't, you don't, you can't have this band without Stevo. So don't do it. And then we, t- I told him the story, and he goes, wow, that sucks. Um, I goes, we're gonna do it anyway, or there's <laughs> no band. Yeah. So and then well, so he agreed. Give it a shot. And then we did that, and then that, and then after that, I ended up um, uh, at some point, Chalmer quit. And then we, um, and he said I could play the bass. I play the bass. And then um, after I got off the drums, we got this guy Doug McKinnon. He played for a while, and then he was over it. And then um, that's when Josh Freeze came. And that'll just about do it for part one of the trilogy with Joe Escalante. But don't worry, we'll have part two coming your way Wednesday morning with more on Josh Freeze, Warren Fitzgerald, and a couple more drinks. So mark your calendars or just hit the subscribe button on the podcast and it'll automatically appear in your library for your listening pleasure. And be sure to check out all of our episodes on drinkswithgiant.com in the archive and on YouTube at the Avenged Sevenfold channel. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. Yes, welcome everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. 
So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!